Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and the rest of you who happen to be bored on a Saturday hanging out with us here on Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast since 2017, the number one podcast on FM99.com and 1069thefox.com. It's oh, um, the only Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got to give a shout out too, by the way. Uh, there's somebody that uh, mentioned us. Uh, it, it got us on a list. Well, I give a shout out to Feedspot because uh, they listed us in the uh, top 60 wrestling uh, podcast. So, Hey, that was nice. That was really <laughs> cool of them. Uh, Dave didn't tell me that, so I just found out when all of you found out. Uh, that's that's very cool of them. So thank you. What is it, What was it called again? Uh, Feedspot. So, Feed so we, spot. Yeah, so we are now listed like in the uh, top 60 wrestling podcast on the web. You know what? I will take that. Top 60 sounds silly, but I'll take that because if you had any idea how many wrestling podcasts there are out there, there are I will take top 60. That works for me. But you think about it, guys like Steve Austin, you know, you know uh, Chris mm-hmm. Jericho does a podcast. Um, you before you uh, before you passed away, Road Warrior Animal did a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, lots of other guys, and I'm forgetting. Uh, I mean, even Corey Graves. Do you want to count that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we have to. <laughs> I don't know if he's on that list, though. I didn't look. So. But I mean, but hey, you know, it's very cool. So again, thank you to Feedspot for that. Uh, and uh, let's get the business out of the way right away, since uh, you, we are one of the top sixty wrestling podcasts on the web here at eat sleep podcast repeat uh you can find us on the web at fm99.com and 1069thefox.com under the media tab just click espr we are your deep dive into all things pro wrestling and we will keep you covered each and every week that's the easiest way to do it but you can also find us in all your podcasting apps just search for espr wrestling on all of your major podcasting apps and go ahead and subscribe give us a five-star rating and a review we greatly appreciate it when you do because that helps us move up the uh, rankings on all these different things, especially the iTunes podcasts and SoundCloud and everything. So we greatly appreciate it. And if you want to get in touch with us, lots of ways to stay in touch. Facebook.com slash ESPR99 and on the Twitter at ESPR99. Make sure you follow us and turn on your notifications when you do uh, for our pages. So that way, when we go live like this, you can join in with us on the live video and throw in some comments and some questions and be a part of the show. We love talking to you guys. And email us anytime, even when we're not here. We're still in your hearts. ESPR at FM99.com. Go ahead and send us an email anytime. You know what? It, it's, it's breakfast. You're sitting here having a question. You know, I wonder what those guys think about British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. You know, I, you know, <laughs> they, you want our opinion on that match you could, during breakfast? That's fine. You send us that email while you're thinking about it at breakfast. You're sitting there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I wonder what those guys thought of Gilbert. Why are you up at 3 a.m. thinking of Gilbert? I don't know. See a therapist, but also you can send us that email at 3 a.m. That's fine. Again, ESPR at FM99.com. And this week, the big thing will be we're going to do a preview for Hell in a Cell. But there's a lot to get to this week. Yeah. There, hey, by the way, the Bulldogs heart match, that made me cry. When the, uh, the titles changed hands and Danny Davis was a dirty referee. Oh, Dave, Dave, I'm going to have to stop you right there. We are legally not allowed to discuss that match because nobody has asked us about it yet. So we, no, I, I it was a great match. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. We have a lot I, I to go back and watch I think it. the Bulldogs got host. Still mad yeah. to this day. So. <laughs> well, good. Then it did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. It worked perfectly. Yes. Uh, yeah. So lots to get to this week. Before we dive into Hell in a Cell, let's go ahead and start with uh, just some disappointing news over on uh, AEW. Uh, we got some news about some uh, uh, injuries related to some of their talent. Uh, Abaddon and Alex Reynolds have been injured. Uh, it, it, Phoenix, not, not, right? uh, Phoenix as well, but I was just starting with them. Okay. Uh, Abaddon and Alex Reynolds not quite as featured as some of the other performers uh, on the show. But Abaddon has been pretty regularly featured on uh, AEW Dark and whatnot, especially. Uh, you'll recognize her. She's the zombie. 
<laughs> so she stands out. Um, bummer that she got injured. She she was steadily picking up wins over there and everything. Um, but as Dave mentioned, Phoenix is well injured, and he just recently he was a part of that world title like challenger tournament they're doing. And on uh, Wednesday, he wrestled his brother, uh, Pentagon, in a very, very good television match. I saw people... I'm going to get a lot of heat from this from AEW fans. I, I've seen them wrestle before. They can do better than what they did on Wednesday. They didn't get they didn't get a ton of time. I think they got maybe 13, 14 minutes, which is good for a TV match. You a know? TV match, that's good time. That's good. Yeah, but it didn't... It, it, it wasn't as great as they're capable of doing. It was still a very good match. I'm not in any way, say, shape, or form saying that it wasn't a good match. I think people oversold it just a bit because everybody was going, oh, match of the year. And, and I'm like, I, calm down. I'm not so sure match of the year is quite what we should be calling this. But you know what? Everybody has their own opinion. Maybe it was your match of the year, and that's fine. It's allowed to be. But uh, a very good match. Bummer that Phoenix, who got the win, which would then move into uh, the semifinals against Kenny Omega, uh, now he had to surrender his spot. So technically, what they're the storyline they're going with, which doesn't make a ton of sense, is that he's forfeiting um, to and giving his, he's forfeiting and allowing his brother to move on to face Kenny Omega at the in the semifinals. Which you're not really forfeiting. You didn't forfeit that match. You won that match, so you were declared the winner. So that really isn't how that should work from a standpoint of if we're taking the ranking seriously, but whatever. Uh, I'm still excited to see Pentagon versus uh, Kenny Omega. I mean, it was a little surprising coming from AEW when they consider like certain things are going to be taken seriously and then they do that. But I guess we, at this point, at, they at don't the, have another match. You know, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to put a match on before the Kenny Omega match and say the winner fights Omega? They could technically if they wanted to, but, um, you know, maybe have Pentagon face another person who loses in the first round and they get to move on, you know what I mean? So like, like a second chance sort of thing. Uh, you know, that, 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 that to me would make a lot of sense. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to pick a guy, that way you're not just picking some rando who wasn't in the tournament, but it's almost right. like a... You know, second chance uh, elimination or something. Just other than, right. Well, we're just going to shoehorn him in, in, shoehorn him in there because. Which and, I, and again, I'm fine with Pentagon going through. Uh, it, it's just I it was I was like, Meh, okay, that's not the soundest logic I've ever heard, but it's fine. Um, and I am again excited about seeing Pentagon versus Kenny Omega. I expect that to be a fantastic match. Um, but again, bummer on the injuries on all three individuals. Hopefully, they uh, get uh, through soon and uh, manage to uh, come back healthy and you know, sooner than, than even expected. The Alex Rodriguez or Alex Rodriguez, the Alex Reynolds thing. Mm -hmm. um, that was a little frustrating because this is like the second time where somebody got injured, like with the Matt Hardy getting injured um, where yeah, everything kept going, but like, it's almost like he didn't like, I don't know if anybody didn't realize how hurt he was at first because he didn't move for a while. You know, they had to drag him to the corner. Yeah. Know, and, and then it was just like, okay, this guy's knocked out cold or, or something's going on here. You know, he's not getting up. That one was scary in the sense that, like you said, it, everybody just kind of kept going, and they're they're all still working. I, there were things I saw immediately where people were concerned that it might have been life threatening uh, right away during the match. It was, you know, uh, it was a it, it was like a double team move uh, with like yeah. a frog splash and a frog splash and a leg yeah. drop. Yeah, but they landed right on his head. Um, which is super, super conserving, uh, concerning at that point. Um, Blade pulls him over to the corner and replaces him in the match, and things keep going. And I get it. You got to keep the show going. But, man, that was scary to see. And I'm, it, Nobody came out, Sean. Nobody came out 
to yeah. this guy was okay. That that was the part that kind of frustrated me. You know, I'm I mean, with you. In, in, injuries happen. I don't want to say you know like people joke, oh AEW is a slop house or whatever else. Uh, they're not that because um, injuries happen. But it's the carelessness of treating the injury which is starting to concern me because we saw that with the Hardy. Uh, with the falling off, and oh, he's okay to go. He was in no shape to go. And then the same thing here, you, you know, where you know, look at the WWE side, where they're almost like overprotective, where Angel Garza gets hurt, and, and you know, they immediately you go to the finish, or uh, one of the uh, the Viking Raiders gets hurt, and then you know, they right. immediately go to the finish. Not the case here. You know, I, I know they had to get to their finish or whatever, but they got to be you know more protective of guys who get hurt. I I do feel like sometimes on the AEW side they are playing a little fast and loose with the safety of their performers and it's concerning to see you know it's really concerning to see um because i really want to root for aew i do i want to root for them very much so and it just doesn't seem uh i don't want to say it doesn't seem important to them i don't know if it's just like they're they're still figuring out all of this stuff as they go or what, but I don't know, man, I would feel like they'd have a better grip on this because a lot of these guys have been in the wrestling business for a long, long time. Um, you'd think that, that they'd have a better grasp on how to handle some of this stuff, but it's just another, unfortunately bad look for them with a potentially very serious injury. Uh, now I bring that up and Abaddon, uh, apparently her match was, a, I think a dark match they were taping versus Ty Conte. And yeah. uh, the word coming out of the, the locker rooms, and again, this is speculation. I hope it's not true, but it is what it is, is that the injury for Abaddon is considered to be quite serious. Um, so there's no word on what it was yet, at least not that I've seen. Um, but hopefully she's okay as well. Now, obviously, we didn't see as scary of a scenario on live television like we did with Alex Reynolds. Um, but that being said, it's no matter – I don't – it doesn't matter if it's on TV, off TV, what it is. All injuries should be taken seriously, and you should be careful. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, at the end of the day, nothing about this show is more important than these guys being able to live a long and healthy life afterwards. Yeah, uh, according to uh, Dave Meltzer, our favorite guy, uh, he does not know what it was. The injury, right. but, but she was hospitalized, um, but she is expected to make a full recovery. The impression is she got nailed in the throat. So uh, we'll see mm. if, they put, if they put this match in television. Uh, yeah, but, I'm wondering uh, if they just pull it because if something like that happened. Yeah, and it's not, and that's a bummer for Ty Conti, who was just kind of getting her feet wet in AEW. She just got released from NXT a little while back, and uh, I really like her a lot. But it's a bummer for her to come out of the gates, you know, kind of in, in AEW in her first couple of appearances. I say couple, but her for you know the beginning of her time with AEW and it results in an injury to another performer. And well, again, I. Mean Freak accident. I'm not blaming Conti. It just, it just stinks. Yeah, yeah. We did, we just don't know the extent or how it happened. I mean, like I right. said, if, if they do show it, it would be interesting to do that because occasionally, you know, like when the guy got the rocker dropper, like mm -hmm. you know, that match like was still on television. You know, where it's like, yeah. wow, you know, that didn't end well. For where that his guy. head slipped out and it ended up weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Buff Bagwell. Remember, with uh, the Steiner brothers on WCW, he they were doing the Steiner, uh, uh, the Frankensteiner? Frank. No, they wouldn't call the Frankensteiner. Was the, the, the bulldog one? The bulldog, the top, the, the on the shoulders bulldog. I can't remember yeah. what they called it, but the uh, they were going for it, and Buff's head came out underneath uh, Rick's arm, and so when they landed, his head kicked back against uh, uh, Rick's arm, and so that uh, really injured his neck. Um, Freak accidents happen. I'm not necessarily. I'm not blaming anybody for these accidents. Things happen. Um, but what I am saying is that I'd like to see AEW, especially in situations like the Alex Reynolds thing, like the Matt Hardy thing, be more conservative. Be more. Vi 
I'm going to say visibly concerned because I don't want to just automatically claim they're not concerned because I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I can't make that claim. Uh, I want them to be visible. I want us to get the impression that they're concerned. I don't want it to. I don't want you and I to be sitting there watching it going. Do they even know that he's hurt? Like, are they, is this, are they concerned? You know, I don't want us to be questioning that because like you said, yeah. nobody came down, you know, eventually he, he was, he was seen to, but I, I like when that happened, why weren't there, when Blade had to drag him to the corner, why weren't they immediately out there? Yeah. That, that, that should have been a sign. Something was wrong when he laid there on yeah. the apron after, afterwards. It's and like- I, I realized that I'm, 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 I'm being very critical of them. I don't know what was holding them up from getting out there initially. But what we see in WWE when, when guys do these high impact moves mm-hmm. is that, you know, the ref, you know, the, the secret to wrestling is he, he goes over and, he, you know, he gets the hand squeeze. Right. He, you know, none of that was done. You know, I, I don't know where this ref was in that match, but, you know, so I'm going to put some of the blame on him um, because you, you got to check on that guy, you know, and he's got to be like, and maybe he doesn't want to stop in the match. I don't know if he's got the earpiece for saying, Hey, just let it go or whatever. Right. But like, you know, he's got to be kind of like, Hey, you know, I got a hurt guy here. I, I don't know if he's okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's concerning. Uh, he did, uh, later on say that he's, he's, uh, very, he feels safe with his, with his, the team they have and everything. And, and, uh, he's he's very hopeful uh, as far as Alex Reynolds anyway. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to hear that anyway. And again, I don't want to make it seem like they just brushed this guy off completely. He was seen to. There were medics out there eventually uh, taking care of him. But it just it just came across it as Rod our own Rod Fitzwell likes to say. Ng uh, NGL not a good look. You yeah. know what I mean? Not a good look. Um, and also I'm gonna put this one out there and we'll just shift tones real quick. Um, I don't care what anybody says. That musical number between MJF and Chris Jericho, I did not need that. And you're talking to a guy who has lit- literally worked in musical theater, okay? On stage, singing and dancing in front of people in musical theater. I worked for uh, the Virginia Musical Theater Company here in Virginia, and I absolutely did not need this. Chris Jericho said it was one of the greatest things that has ever taken place on wrestling television. And I hope that that's just his character, you know, being exagger- exaggerating. But between this and the Mimosa Mayhem match, I, th- this is kind of proving to me why he needs somebody there to say no, Chris, no, no. I, 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 I wish I could disagree with you, but it, I like. But what the heck was that? And, and for MJF, what are you doing, man? You, you, you're supposed to be one of the top. Uh, I guess he's a heel, right? This week, I, yeah, I he's a heel. Sometimes, uh, he's well, MJF is always going to be a heel. But, but I, I mean, some of these guys aren't sometimes. Uh, but like, yeah, what, what the heck? You know, it's a dinner segment. Which you know, which by the way, I hate the dinner segments you do with in NXT with the Garganos, whatever. See, those like ones them. don't bother me as much. And the dinner thing wouldn't have bothered me so much. I could have been like fine with it, but I just didn't enjoy. It was too cute, you know. It's just it's too cute for for the sake of. Again, we've said this before. You're asking me to forget that it is fake, and, and try to buy into the stuff that's happening. And I get that sometimes that happens all over the board. WWE does this all the time. We're all aware of it. Okay, but. That is just too tongue-in-cheek cute sometimes on AEW with Chris Jericho and MJF and them. And this was just that this is for me, this was their little th- thing, jumping the shark. Not the whole show. I'm not talking about MJF in general or uh, AEW in general, but their little thing, MJ, MJF and Jericho, they've already jumped the shark for me. 
Well, did they have? Was it a couple of weeks ago? Like the like the meeting? Like they kind of like you know walked by each other or whatever, and they kind of yeah. like said these things, and you know, and yeah. Now, now we got this going on. I mean, well, it's like, and even before it was a little too cute because they they're both talking and they're all there. They're they're congratulating each other in kind of a backhanded way and everything. And like, oh, you know, they're really you know you know that you can tell they're not being genuine by what they're saying. And then they walk away, and conveniently, there's cameras facing both yeah. of them as they walk away. And goes, and they're both like, "What a loser!" or something like that. You're like. Okay, 90s sitcom, great. That's, you know, wonderful. But it's it's sometimes, again, just a little too cute for me. Well, and, and the frustrating thing is AEW, you know, maybe it was Cody's like, we're a wrestling company. You know, this is what our focus is going to be. If, you know, these things don't need to be happening. You know, I mean, not, not in this drawn-out kind of segment. At least, they didn't, you know, they got to cut it up all night and, you know. That's perfect for, like, their YouTube or something like that yeah. or, you know, something along those lines. Like, the being the elite and stuff like that, I don't really, you know, that's, that is that is what it is. But the AEW Dynamite weekly television show, and I get it. We've talked about this before on this on this program over the three-plus years we've been doing this. Um, it's a three-ring circus. You know, I discussed this with uh, – we've had a, a, a guest on this show before from uh, the – Haunters podcast, by the way, who uh, Zach, uh, great guy. He was on a long time ago with us doing some uh, preview stuff. Uh, and we're actually going to try and have him on again here in the future, as a matter of fact. But uh, Haunters podcast, if you like spooky stuff, go look them up, listen to them. They're great. Um, the he, he, he explained this to me perfectly because he was a pro wrestler for a long time. And he explained this to me. He goes, it is a three ring circus. We provide something for everybody. He goes, if you're there to see, you know, the really intense wrestling, you want to have that. He goes, if you're there, if you're there to see comedy, we want to have that. If you're there to the, for the just the drama, you know, we want to have that. He's like, there's always got to be something to appeal to different people. And he goes, so the, and there's a there's room for a little bit of everything under that big circus tent. And I totally get what he's saying in that regard. But sometimes you go too heavy on one of these things and it just doesn't work. And that was an example of one of them. The MGF, MJF, Chris Jericho musical number did not work. Yeah, you know, it's never, and I, weirdly, I didn't think that in my watching that that I'd think that Jericho would be the would be the the one that I'd be like, man, somebody else might be able to sing this better. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because like a couple of weeks ago, uh, our uh, you know, before the Mimosa match, they had the uh, de debate. Yeah, and I, and I enjoyed that because you know, it took place in the wrestling ring. You, know, you you dusted off Eric Bischoff, you brought him back for the second. And, and I, and I kind of liked it because it kind of presented Orange Cassidy as sometimes he's goofy and I'm, I'm not sure to take him seriously. Right. But I thought that was a good segment for him. I, I thought that was, I thought that segment was, I didn't love it, but there were things I liked about it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I did enjoy parts of it. And I think that that, and that's one of those things where you're going a little, you're pushing the envelope a little bit far with it. We're going to do a debate for some reason on, 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 on wrestling and okay, sure. Whatever. But at least it's with a talker, you know, Chris Jericho and, you know, this, that and the other thing. And, and the the idea being that Orange Cassidy is this guy who doesn't say stuff. He's very quiet, very stoic, very chill. And then he drops these big brain answers on you. You know, check out the brain on Brad. It's it's <laughs> It ended up being entertaining. But, I, you know, it, it's going to be hit or miss when you do these off-the-wall kind of things. And this one, for me, was a miss. I saw I, I saw a very mixed review of it online, people. Some people loved it, and some people like me were not a fan. I don't know. Uh, it's the AW uh, hardcore that loved it because that's that's the thing. Th and that that's exact same thing happened to WWE. They would have trashed it. Absolutely. Then this is my problem with being a hardcore fan of any particular promotion. You, you you and anything in life, not just wrestling. Being too diehard about like I'm a big gamer. Being too diehard about anything 
is just going to make you ignore things that a could be good somewhere else. And you're going to make up excuses for things that are terrible on your side, you know, and like just be a wrestling fan. Don't, yeah. don't crap on the other one just because, you know, yeah, WWE's done a lot of stupid stuff over the last couple of years. It's done a lot of, there's been some really bad stuff in the last year, two years, three years, but you know what? There's been some really good stuff too. And if you've just been crapping on them and now you're, you've decided you're 100% AEW, then you've missed out on that good stuff. And then vice versa. If you're somebody who's like WWE and you think uh, AEW is nothing but Cody and the Young Bucks just patting themselves on the back and it's nothing special and it's all indie nonsense and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, then first of all, kiss my butt because there's great stuff on the indies. And secondly, um, you're missing out on some really cool stuff over in AEW as well. But sometimes I do become that guy just because... You do, I mean, you do. <laughs> but but I do enjoy what AEW does. I, I Obviously, you know, we, we spent 20 minutes talking about them this week. Yes, uh, which, all right, know, yeah. <laughs> which is quite a bit because they had quite the show, you know, from different extremes, from injuries to, to you know, dance numbers, <laughs> singing, sing, you know, singing songs. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. you. I'm with you. So, all right, so let's move on from that. Uh, let's dive into uh, something else. Uh, I guess, is this, are we going to talk about uh, what's coming up on Wednesday? Um, yeah, yeah, we, we can skip ahead. Just to, do that uh, real quick. I mean, yeah. why not? it's a smaller of the two things. Let's go ahead and do that real quick. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, NXT action, which is coming up on Wednesday. Halloween Havoc is going to be the theme. Uh, it's going to be a, a technically, a, I guess it's kind of a special, but it's, it's going to be on USA. So yeah. either way, it's still going to be there. But uh, at this point, they don't have a lot of matches announced. Uh, only two matches so far. Yep, two matches so far. Uh, one's for the uh, Women's Championship, Eva Shirai versus uh, Candice LeRae. I'm genuinely torn on this. Uh, I don't know how, how to pick on this one because I picked against Candice last time. Um, and I feel like eventually she's going to have to get the title. They just added um, oh, like Indy Hartwell to her, her little rep, to her little group. Um, and she's been helping her out. So I feel like that's perfect as far as giving her the, the unfair advantage to get the win over EO. And if you want to make the Halloween Havoc thing feel special, you could put the title on Candace. You know what I mean? Like, at least yeah. that would be newsworthy, right? Yeah. EO drops the title after a very dominant reign as champion. Um, did they have like the big special last time? What, what, what was it that they had that uh, was a class of cha- not class of champions, but their, their big event that went against AEW that Starcade? Uh, Keith Lee won both titles. Was it? When did they do that? Was that? Um, well, now I'm going to look it up. Just couple, just, yeah, just a couple of weeks or months ago. Yeah. Um, with that, you know, this is where because uh, when when NXT had takeover, we talked about Candice LeRae and Jerry Gargano winning titles. You, yeah. you know, and we, we kind of said, well, you know, Great American I, I, Bash. Yeah, Great American Bash. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and so uh, that that was a big TV event, obviously. So maybe that's what they're going to do: is take former WCW events and then. Put them on NXT so they can, you know, own the rights of the thing. I'm okay with it because I enjoyed the Great American Bash by and large. I thought there was some good stuff on there. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, them doing that with some of these old WCW events because I would like to see them be used again. I am saying this, though. If you bring back Halloween Havoc and you don't bring back that giant inflatable gargoyle, you have wasted all of our time. All of our time. (laughs) Go back and watch, uh, uh, what is it, 97, 98 Halloween Havoc? Um, I think it's what it was. Uh, if you don't have that giant inflatable gargoyle with the with the pumpkin there, you have wasted everybody's time. And why did we even do this in the first place? Well, look, well, they did it in your house, which I, I thought they had the really cool setup. That yes, me. liked it, liked it. Uh, um, you, you know, Great American Bash had that. 
Uh, I, I would hope for that. And then was it Shotzi Blackheart is uh, hosting? Hosting, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, she do this. So, I'm well, wondering. I, that, and that's the one thing actually that's making me wonder on this match because Shotzi has had a bit of an issue with uh, she. I think she and Candice were against each other, and Indy is the one who who helped Candice beat her. And yeah. that's how we learned that Indy Hartwell was with Candice LeRae. So I'm wondering if Shotzi being the host of the show will either A, come out and say, no, 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 and like restart the match, or if she'll come out and get involved in attacking the Hartwell or Hartwell and keep her from, from costing EO the title or something along those lines. Because I could see that happening with Shotzi being the figurehead of the show. See, and I can see Shotzi like costing Candice accidentally the title. Where like she You mean EO? Or EO, yeah, but helping Candice win accidentally. Uh, because it'd be more like one of those that uh, you know she tries to you know prevent the interference and mm-hmm. then she causes the loss and then Candice is a, is a new women's champion. Right. Um, yeah, I'm genuinely torn on this one. I don't. I I genuinely don't know where to pick. Uh, so I'm gonna flip something real quick and decide how this is gonna work. Heads right. heads heads is EO t- uh, tails is Candice. Uh, let's see. It is tails. So that what I say tails yeah. is Candice. I'm going yeah. Candice. There you go. Hey, Candace by the way, become new women's champion of, of, of any title right now. I think the NXT Women's Championship means the has, most. <laughs> right, yeah, yes, because of who is involved with the title. I mean, you got so many mm-hmm. people chasing it. You know, you know, with the side stories with uh, Ember Moon back. And, and, and yeah, Storm. I was going to say, and it, ma- it makes sense for Candice to get the title back with Tony Storm being back, Ember yeah. Moon being there, Rhea Ripley being there. All very strong faces. It makes sense for a heel to hold the title. Now yeah. EO's kind of gone back and forth between those two roles, so it's possible EO could still hold on to the title and fill the, r- fulfill that. But I'm thinking they're gonna. It might be time to go to Candice. Yeah, yeah. You know, they had a decent match to take over, but hopefully this one will, will be even better. I do like right. EO's shy, uh, EO's Shry. style. Uh, style. I just don't know, like you know, how well it meshes with Candice with the flying and everything, and the way she uses the ropes. But you know, if she ever gets to WWE, they're, they're taking that away from her. <laughs> right. So. All right. The other All match. Right. The other match, which uh, we don't know. Maybe this will be the main event of the evening. Um, Damian Priest, uh, the North American Champion, versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, again, it's like I, I'm kind of in that regard where it's like, do we get the double champions here? Is this what happens? Do you finally get the the Garganos being double champions? coming out of this show um because damian priest already beat johnny gargano yep um so do we finally go back to this and damian priest dropping the title to gargano i don't know uh i genuinely don't know they had a really good match last time yeah yeah and and again we kind of they made it seem like maybe austin theory might be kind of like because johnny gargano seemed kind of interested in in austin theory after their competitive match is he going to pick up austin theory as a helper you know, uh, which could also end up resulting in a win here for Jargon, Johnny Gargano. So, excuse me. Um, I hiccuped and that was terrible. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with it. I think I'm calling Halloween Havoc as the night we get the double champs. Maybe this is it because I, I, I was wrong at TakeOver, but I, I think we're due here because you got to end the show strong. I mean, somehow. You know, you, you had Keith Lee at the bash. And for all night. we know, this isn't going to be the end of the show. We don't know. We have no, no, no idea yeah. what's going to be on yeah, here. There's only two matches they have, they've announced so far. Yeah. So unless they're going six, you know, they're going, uh, you know, Broadway. And hey, they could. They could. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm going to say this. You know, we've got these two matches that we will be on the card. I expect two or three more to get added. Um. I'm thinking one of them might involve some kind of tag team match involving uh, maybe uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch with uh, either not, maybe not in the ring because they'd probably want to build it up a little more, but maybe Pat McAfee in their corner. 
who showed up on Wednesday and helped them become the new tag team champions. Yeah, that that, that was a big shock. But there's also a sign right there. You can see, you know, the split happening because of, uh, you know, what, what's going on. But, um, man, yeah. The one match she had, you want to talk about, like, match of the year, Canada, most surprising moment, you know. I'm that was fantastic. Uh, his I, his I, match I, with Adam <laughs> Cole was great. I, I, I'm glad I'm glad to see him back, and uh, you know I'm hoping that uh, they they can, you know, and you know. and it was a genuine swerve, like it was a genuine surprise. I had no idea, yeah, that that's what it was going to be. So when he was revealed, I was like, oh, oh, Pat McAfee, like that <laughs> caught me off guard, yeah. which is, and I liked it. It was it caught me off guard in a good way. It wasn't a swerve for the sake of having a swerve. It was a swerve that made sense. And now here's something else I'm going to point out. Would Pat McAfee be involved here had Ridge Holland not gotten injured? Or did they call Pat and say, hey, Pat, look, we're in a bind here. You have history with the Undisputed Era. We could easily work this into a storyline. Or maybe was the idea that you were going to end up with some kind of alliance between Pat McAfee, Danny Lorkin, uh, or Danny, Danny Burge and Oni Lorkin, and Ridge Holland? Like, like a new stable. Yeah. They had to kind of they take on the Undisputed Era. Right. Right. So, I mean, the, my thought process was maybe that was where they were going to go with that. Um, Rich well, Allen obviously yeah. being injured I, is a bummer, but <laughs> it's it's it it is what it is. But uh, even still, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see Pat McAfee back. I I'm, I like that he's with uh, Lorkin and Birch because uh, they needed a reset. They I mean they've always been good performers and everything, but they just didn't have much in the way of the character. So this will help them kind of yeah. get to that next level. I feel like yeah, that's going to be great. So. So. Yeah, yeah. Either they're on the card, or they're going to show up and, and, and do something. Or and we'll probably. I'm thinking we might also get something involving uh, involving Legado del Fantasma. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, so I guess that brings us to the meat and potatoes of why we're here tonight, Dave. Yeah. And that would be the and uh, not NXT. We just talked about NXT. No, no. The WWE Hell in a Cell pay per view preview. Yeah. Oh wait. We have something from uh, Chuck Fisher here. We all need AEW to succeed so that WWE doesn't get complacent and lazy with their booking. I 100% agree with Chuck. Competition is good for everybody. Yes, um, but they're complacent and lazy sometimes now. But that's because they don't feel like they have a threat at this moment. Like They feel like they're, they're pretty comfortable where they're at because they're making so much money. The ratings on the TV aren't really what's important to them at the moment because they've no. got this ungodly big TV deal from Fox uh and tons of money they're still they're still generating all sorts of revenue from all these things they have set up and all these things they have working now yes they're making missing out on ticket sales and that is that is that is obviously going to hurt them but they have found a successful formula to where they are still generating money and so they we need AEW to become a very successful show because the only way you're going to get WWE to even get remotely panicked is if AEW starts doing really well and starts getting really good TV deals yeah, to where the point where people are going to say, well, you know, maybe we need don't need to pay you for the next, con you know, when the next time our contract comes up, WWE, because this other show over here, we can make a bid for them and probably get better ratings, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because so, right now, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's almost like it's NXT's battle with AEW, and obviously AEW is, is going to be in a ratings-wise. People are like, oh, they're crushing. It's like, well, you got well, more familiar names than AEW. I mean, no yeah, more, well, not, not only that, more but I think... Free. If I'm not mistaken, TNT, which is uh, it, that's what um, Dynamite airs on, yeah, uh, is the Turner Network, is in way more homes than the USA Network. I don't know. USA is. Been, I mean, I mean that, USA is big, but I feel like hold on, I'm going to find out real quick. Um, 
Uh, you looking up? How yeah, many I'm trying homes? to see how many people have the the USA Network and how many uh, have the TNT. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we got about ninety million households uh, have the USA Network. Um, that's still a lot of cable people. It's a lot of yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, you know what? They're pretty much dead even. I'm 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 wrong there. They're pretty okay. much dead even at about ninety million each. Yeah, because um, they've been around. I mean, uh, for you know a long. Oh, without a doubt. I just thought for some reason TNT was in more houses, but um, but so they're dead even. So at this point, it really is just AEW outdrawing them. Yeah. But uh, Bully Ray said it perfectly for me. It was like one of them needs to move to a Tuesday. It doesn't benefit anybody for it to be the same night. No. They're no. like when you took it off of the same night when AEW had to move to a Tuesday, both shows benefited. And they're like, and yeah. this could be the case. You could both be getting more viewers every time. But the key is that they're trying to they're trying to compete with each other. But but nobody wants to move because then it's going to look like the other one who doesn't move the victor. Right. Well, I mean, you're right. But for me, AEW has beaten them how many weeks since they debuted? Almost every week, pro- pro- right? Probably ninety percent of the time. It probably yeah, more I- than that. Yeah, almost every week, if I'm not mistaken. So really, you could move to the other two to move like Tuesday and say, if they try to say, "Oh, we drove them off Wednesday nights, buddy," we were winning. <laughs> like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's all. That's that's nonsense that you drove us off Wednesday nights. We had pity on you, is what happened. That's how I'd be spinning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It has been it's been too many times because it's been what uh, just over a year now. NXT's been on USA. I I can recall like three or four victories. The the bash. Yeah, um, I think when Becky Lynch showed up on there for the first time, and she fought—I forget who she fought. Uh, I think it was Rhea Ripley, and then you know, so that I think that was like the first time like NXT won. So that—that's her three wins I could think of with NXT. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty <laughs> um, some weeks. I'm trying that. to look right here. Uh, Monday Night Raw averaged 1.686 million viewers during its uh, show this week. Um, and AEW, I think I had like eight, eight, eight point, uh, 850, or somewhere around that number. I think. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to find the exact number. I've got the percent, I've got the percentages in this, uh, you know, of the homes like in America and yeah, not, yeah, but it's, yeah. I don't want that. I want the actual number. Yeah. About 800,000. So you're still looking at about like, I don't know, half of Monday night raw's audience. And as far as that goes, um, but I mean, if, if, you know, cause so until they can match, you know, raw or SmackDown, they're really not accomplishing anything that's going to be on that's really going to make WWE start to panic. Yeah, uh, and even then they're going to have to do it consistently. Yeah, yeah, you so. know, unless you know, there's a free agent out there and somebody jumps, I mean, they're not going to get Brock. I, I mean. in all honesty, I don't know who would draw those kind of eyes at this point. I like outside of like some people have oh, well, what about CM Punk? Because that name always comes up. Um, yes, the forty nine hundred year old CM Punk. Um, at all? I know he's not, but he's fairly old for a wrestler at this point. Um, because let's remember, he had a lot of injuries right before he decided he was done. Yeah. Um, but it, if CM Punk... By the way. 41, yeah, 4,900, exactly. If he decided... AJ Styles! Yeah, well, AJ Styles is a Greek god. We all know that. Look at him. <laughs> um, in any event, if he decided that he was going to sign with somebody, CM Punk, and come back and say it was AEW, I think he'd pop a rating that first week. Yeah. But I, I, I think you'd get up over maybe a million viewers that first week but i don't know that it would continue i just don't know that there's anybody who's going to continually draw that fan base just because they're there what's going to take isn't a name necessarily it's going to be compelling storylines that we want to see yeah 
<laughs> Brandon, uh, John Cena, that, that's never going to happen, obviously. It would uh, never happen. You are correct. If John Cena all of a sudden showed up on AEW, that would pop a rating for them for sure. <laughs> um, but that w- you're correct. That will not happen. He barely shows up for WWE. Um, somebody brought up, I just as a random aside, somebody brought up a great note. They said, uh, when WWE gets cl- when closer to WrestleMania season, John Cena does, does what he always does and shows up and talks about how he doesn't have an opponent um, <laughs> because you haven't been here. Uh, and they said who he ought to wrestle is Mustafa Ali. Um, after this whole retribution angle has been terrible, and he said you put over Mustafa because, boy, has he has he not had has has he not had a great run? Um, oh man, um, he, is is retribution done already? I do have to ask that question because it really kind of looked like it. Okay, so so they come out on Raw, you know, they surround the Fiend, and the Fiend disappears. And I think, okay, you know what? That's just kind of cool because it's the Fiend or whatever. Then they have the big eight man match, which, by the way, they should be having. Or yeah. These big matches, they should be like one guy fighting one guy. Set up the eight-man for Survivor Series. Obviously, you ruined that because uh, Mace or T-Bar or, or Hijack or Low and Blow or whatever. Uh, low and Blow. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like if Retribution was making a porn. Oh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't going there. I, I don't know. Just, but they got stupid names. Uh, they tap out to Bobby Lashley, and then the thing destroys him single-handedly. Uh, you know, you know, you finish him at Survivor Series. Undertaker choke slams them all, and they never see him again. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. John Cena comes back, F, F, gives him all the F, uh, FU or the attitude adjustment, whatever you call it, and then DX shows up and puts them in a box and sends them back to Ohio Valley Wrestling because uh, that's how you get guys over. Um, stupid, stupid, stupid. It was just so dumb. Like, like the I, whole the whole retribution idea is kind of doomed from the start at this point. It's it. There really doesn't seem much they can do to improve it. The problem is that if they made them seem like a legitimate threat, they might be able to salvage this. But not only did you not give them any more storyline develop development, you also then put them out there on matches and had them lose repeatedly. Two matches, lost in both. Yeah. Oh, and the Masafali says, "Oh, I was the hacker." Yeah, which, hey, we did say that they could tie that together and that would work and they'd be fine. And so, okay, great. They did the hack. At least we got a wrap up to the hacker storyline. I'm happy about that. Thank you for paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you not leaving that loose thread for us to pull. Um, <laughs> Chuck has to say, when the day finally comes when Triple H gets complete creative control, we will see a huge difference in WWE booking. I pretty much I agree with you. I, I think we will because Triple H has been in charge of NXT. And but NXT's it, booking is dramatically different than the main roster. I mean, the booking is different, but I still feel like uh, Vince's hands are on certain things with the vignettes, with this like dinner with the guard. See, I don't or, because or, uh, I have therapy sessions that um, you know Adam Cole and, and Ren, uh, you know, the, I was called a retribution, but uh, the undisputed era was having. I thought I didn't like those either. See, I don't get that at all because they had to find a way to use them without them being near each other because Kyle O'Reilly couldn't be, and so they had to find a way to do that. And so, from what I understand, that was them being creative. So I mean, like the, the, to me, that's that's that was that was their ingenuity. I don't think it was a Vince McMahon thing. If it was a Vince McMahon thing, it would have sucked. <laughs> it, w- it would have been done horribly. It would have felt like a rehash of uh, Hell No, which doesn't work. Which by you know that's you're not you can't rehash organic things like that. Um, I, I genuinely think we'll have better, better. I say better booking. Different booking is the correct way to put it. Different yeah. booking. I do think that NXT is booked better, but I think it also helps them to have a a show that's on once a week and that's uh, you know uh, an hour long. That is a uh, big, big, big part of it too. I, I see. See back, back, back in the day, but a year ago, you know, they had a, you know the uh, they could do three tapings in a, a, a night, 
and then spread it out. You know, now it's it's I think that's hurt them a little bit is having this, you know, at least at least you seem to have a bigger roster because because it's not like, you know, Monday Night Raw where. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and it just dawned on me. I said it, I said it's an hour long. It's two hours long. I don't yeah, know why it's an long. hour long. But but it, but it's still, um, you know, it's it's. Like it's not like raw where you see guy you know like how many segments was uh, retribution in uh, you know three segments on, uh, something like that yeah you know well and we're also limited right now because you can only so you have so many people right now yeah. and they got to be careful about mixing you know the, the roster and whatnot and I understand that this is a this is this is a I feel like sometimes in this time certain things are unfair to blame them for because they're working with what they have in some yeah. regards um, but I do think there's a big difference between between trying to book one roster two hours a week as opposed to work booking two rosters for three hours a week, one night, two hours a week, the other night. Uh, and then also we have the little shows, you know, and stuff. Well, I guess they don't really do those as much anymore. Um, but like, if you have a, a pay-per-view over the weekend, then we also have to book like three or four hours of that yeah. and complete, uh, have both rosters featured in that as well. Um, I feel we can triple H finally takes over. We we might see a difference in the booking, but I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to be good. Simply because he will then have to stretch across all of that programming. Yeah. Well, well, it may it maybe it's you know the guys who are writing are like former wrestlers and not well. You wrote for a soap opera, so we're going to bring you in. May, maybe you know, right. he, and maybe it's separate teams, so it's not guys you know doing right. a you know. You say this a lot. I'm fairly certain they do have separate teams. For Raw and SmackDown right now, I'm fairly certain they have different writers at, at, yeah. at this point. <laughs> but you know, it, it, I hope so. But if they don't, I hope there's a continuity guy because, um, you know, it's this one when, when there's the crossover. I mean, at least at least they've been consistent with the Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins thing. Which, by the way, apparently the stories I've heard is why that happened is because AJ Styles wanted to watch his kid play football on Friday nights, which is why he went to Raw and they continued the Seth Rollins uh, Rey Mysterio storyline on SmackDown because they needed a top heel. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I think that may, maybe that was a bit of it, but I still think it was they don't want him and Heyman on the same roster right now um, because it keeps them from having to deal with each other. Yeah. Um, in any event, so we've gone off on this tangent. We haven't even dove, dove into it yet. It, we need to do it. It's Hell in a Cell. It's the preview, and it is time. All right. the uh, Boy, uh, I'm looking forward to two matches and I'm not going to get to them until later. So, well, two matches <laughs> on a five match card so far. That's not that bad. That's forty percent. I can see in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's the Money in the Bank contract match. Otis putting his Money in the Bank contract on the line. Which okay, silliness on SmackDown with the uh, the courtroom bit. Uh, but I'll give him credit because that's WWE style. You know, was it because it was AEW style? It would have been like, well, you know, it's not what they do, but. Um, but the Miz has a match because hey, after the musical out. number, I, anything is what they do at this point. You, you brought in Teddy Long for a segment, which was great. So, yep. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I, Otis loses it, right? You say that, but isn't there? Isn't there a way that Otis loses? I mean, I feel like there is a way that Otis loses, but I hope he doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him not to. But I, the whole match makes no sense to me because they're doing this whole courtroom thing, and if you listen into JBL explain it. He's really kind of explaining why Miz shouldn't win the lawsuit, yeah. but then he gives this middle of the road verdict, you know, with kind of a half-ass, you know, kind of excuse for why they're getting it, and it's like, no, that shouldn't have happened. Like that's 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 uh, this is why they, you know, what they should have done? Use the Undertaker, let him decide. 
the, the wrestler court, wrestler's court, wrestler court, the Undertaker. Just they they talked about yeah. it in this in the in yeah. the promo there, the 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 documentary. Yeah. So why not let him do this here and and rule? Um, I, yeah, that'd be a silly signal for to bring back the Undertaker for that. Same same the squash retribution and Survivor Series. So. <laughs> no, I want to use him here to squash this whole stupid storyline and make it end. I just want him to show up and go no, and then just the end, and it's over. I'm moving on. Yeah. Um, Otis, Otis has to win here, right? I mean, we say we say have to. No, Otis doesn't have to win because they've done really dumb things before when they should have done another thing. But I'm going to hope that Otis wins, and I'm going to pick Otis yeah. to win. All right, next match: uh, Jeff Hardy versus the returning Elias, who is blaming Jeff Hardy for hitting him with the car, even though, as we know, even though it's been re- obviously revealed that Sheamus was responsible. Yeah, well, Elias hasn't watched television since the injury. Yeah, no, it's dumb, uh, dumb, 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 dumb. Uh, I don't care about this match in the least. This match, but who? I don't even care. Um, me make me unconscious so I don't have to watch it. I don't want to watch the match. Knock me out with a guitar, I'll be happy. Um, I don't care in the long run. Uh, but I feel like Jeff Hardy gets the win. Um, I think Elias does to continue the sure. I don't know. I I, I don't care. It it sucks for Jeff Hardy to be in this match. Yep. Um. Yeah, I was also really hoping we were going to get some kind of change from Elias now that he finally came back after being gone for a while. Nope, nope. Same old tired Elias is going to sit out there and do the whole walk with Elias and be interrupted every time he tries to do something. And I, yeah. you, I, I'm done with it. He needs the character. This is my biggest problem with the main roster is that the characters do not evolve at all. No. Whether yeah. it's from good guy to bad guy, bad guy to good guy, there's no evolution of the character. No, I mean, sometimes when they do it, it's like Dean Ambrose and it's like horrendous. Uh, at least the Ro- the Roman change has been really, really good. But Finally, they got one good one with him. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. So there's three matches that are Hell in the Cell matches. Um, I, I get a feeling one's going to probably open up the show and none of it's going to be this one. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton and the Please Let This Be the Last Match match between the two. It absolutely has to be. It absolutely uh, has to be. Yeah. Um, I expect it to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you're going to be yawning when you watch it. Just because uh, I, I, I just, I, you yawning. No, I feel like it'll, I feel like it'll be, the intensity will be there. Um, these guys have had good matches and whatnot. Uh, I yeah, feel, yeah. I, I feel like they'll work well. It'll be a good match. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I drew better win. That's all I'm going to say. I, I still, yeah. I still do not want to see Randy take the title off of Drew yet. Uh, Drew doesn't need to drop it. Yeah, unless Miz wins money in the bank and he cashes in, which would make zero sense here. Right. Well, that that one hundred percent could happen. Because <laughs> is it Miz on, is Miz on Raw or is he on SmackDown? Didn't they get drafted to uh... versus Miz is on Raw? Yeah, yeah. Miz is on Raw. Oh, the um, match guy. What, what, who who is it? Oh, oh I don't remember. Grant uh, Grant whatever his name was. The yeah, I know <laughs> who you're talking about, but it, it was Otis in a beard or in a man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, but it's not. No, no, Dave, no. Right. Um, yeah, gonna Drew should win this match, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. Uh, this one, okay, one of the matches I'm looking forward to, uh, another Hell in the Cell match because we need to have three is uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, but we don't need to have three, and this is the reason I hate this pay per view. Just go back to calling them normal names and putting the pay per view ma- putting the matches where they just fit. Don't decide, you know, oh, oh, guys, it's oh, guys, it's October. We have to have Hell in a Cell matches. <laughs> like, I hate that so much because it makes no sense. Because then you get people who are in their first, you know, the beginning of their feud, which is really where Bailey and Sasha are at. 
because they were together for so long because they decided never to pull the trigger. You know, they're at the beginning of their feud and they're in Hell in a Cell. Well, it makes no sense. It, None. It, it, it's, it's tricky with this because you know I figured when Sasha got hurt, like we were going to see her to like the Rumble. Yeah. Not, but you know when they did the injury angle, I'm like, okay, she's going to be gone for a couple months. Maybe it was too predictable. She come back at the Rumble. Um, but you know, if there's whenever there's an audience, and I don't know who knows when, um, you know, with the pop or whatever else, the match. I I, I want this to be a really good match, Sean. I, I want this to be. Oh, a, I do too. Of 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 uh, Sasha and Becky last year, which was amazing, and then we got. The I, I want it to be. I want it to be reminiscent of Sasha and Bailey in NXT. Oh, I, I want it to be. Those matches were incredible. Yeah, I want them yes. to go out there and tear the house down like they did during those matches. Um, whether they'll get to or not, we'll see. Well, yeah, will Bailey be too heelish at times? Because they had the you know, I, I didn't like the match in SmackDown. You know, where, where Bailey used a chair or whatever else. You know, I mean, Sasha got revenge this week, which by law of getting revenge means you lose. But Bailey should not win this match. We say that, but is it too early for Sasha to take the title off of her because it's just freaking starting? I mean, it's it's. I mean, really, this program should be dragged out a bit before yeah. Sasha finally gets that big moment. And the problem is because you're in this big gimmick match. Yeah, that's the problem. Because where do we go from here, Dave? Uh, we can't do Steel Cage. Uh, yeah. An Iron Woman match? Between I, maybe, but does that feel bigger than Hell in a Cell? I don't know. Did they, did they do an Iron Woman match? I, in, uh, yeah, in, in NXT, right? Yeah. So. No, they did. I think, I think that's they what they did. Two matches in NXT. Both of them were, were amazing. They, they, they need uh, the Bailey fans to show up or something or, or, or get her somewhere. I can't, can't bring her inside, but I guess, you know. Yeah, it was Bailey defending against Sasha Banks. Yeah. Yeah, in, at NXT, the, the Iron Woman match. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so who, who do you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Bailey to retain somehow. All right, I'm going to go with Sasha only because she'll lose at the next pay-per-view because that's what she does. She'll lose on Monday or Friday or whatever. That's what she oh. does. She, oh, she never... Been- she She'll cannot defend this title ever. Any no. title. You give no. her the title, she loses it almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go with Sasha. So. All right. All right. One match left, Sean. <clears throat> you mean potentially the main event of the evening? Universal champion Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. And if Jay loses, he and Jimmy Uso will have to become Roman, Roman subordinates. <laughs> really understand kind of underwhelming for the like the the consequences will be so dire there'll be the most dire consequences ever in a wwe match like that's really how they sold this and then we get essentially the same consequences that john cena had when he lost to wade barrett and we saw how how degrading that was for john cena for a week yeah, yeah, one week it lasted. That's right. Okay. Or however many. I, I think it was a week, two weeks. I don't know. Whatever it was. Not long enough. No, it wasn't, and it didn't. Yeah. It didn't work at all. Uh, well, I, but I think in this case, it's almost like they become the subordinates, and then they become. Oh, then willingly become part of his group. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm there. I'm 100 percent with you, and this is what I talked about early on, um, because I figured they would become some kind of new Samoan family, uh, Heenan family type thing with uh, uh, Heyman. Yeah. So I'm like I'm I'm fully on board with that. Jay is 100% losing here. Yeah. Um but, by the way, great segment. I I, oh, I love with Jimmy you know the mask and everything. Uh, yeah, and Jay's out there behind him and uh which Paul Lee by the way, uh Heyman like 
you, you, you kind of like scooted the ring. It's like you might want to tip off Roman that uh, you know you got an Uso behind you. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but what a great! Look out, there's an Uso behind you. <laughs> well, I mean, just kind of felt weird. I like like all of a sudden he's outside the ring. Uh, but a nice segment, uh, you, you know, him getting some offense in. You know, of course, the loss of reverse momentum. And, you know, then, then Roman cutting the, the promo, which I, I love this Roman that we finally got after all these years. Um, but, yeah, there's no way that Roman's losing this match. So that would, that would be the big chance. Shot. And to me, to me, that's why this match doesn't close the show. Because of, of uh, any of the three Hell in a Cell matches, this is the one where the ending is the least in doubt. But but we had that the last pay-per-view, which, by the way, I, I, has Drew McIntyre closed any pay-per-views other than WrestleMania since becoming champion? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure he has. I don't know. Hang on. Because um, we got Roman at SummerSlam or uh, or the Fiend or whatever, and then and then the uh, Payback. We got Roman in the main event because that was so that was the Fiend and uh, Strowman at SummerSlam, right? Uh, and I don't know what eight pay per views we had before that in WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to go back and look and see what he. Uh, uh, on August 27th, it said that he uh, Drew McIntyre still has not headlined a pay per view as WWE champion. There you go. And that was that was back on, you know, August 27th. Yeah, so, I, you know. Yeah, we had SummerSlam and the Payback and um, uh, well, and the last one, which uh, you had uh, well, uh, Clash or Night Champions, Clash of Champions, whatever. I don't remember. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm, I'm just looking at it. I've got SummerSlam, uh, Extreme Rules, Backlash, Money in the Bank. I've got several here, and he's not the main event in any of them, obviously. And the Money in the Bank match was obviously the main event for uh, – Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, it just I I know we got it last time, like you said, with with uh, Roman and them, but I feel like the Roman thing was the hot hand. Oh, still is still still is the hot hand. I, I think you get it close to the show with this, so uh, um, which is why I think that's going to be the main event. But we could be wrong. Could be wrong. Could be in the middle of the card because uh, you, you're going to get uh, three Hell in a Cell matches, so they're going to space them out um, any way they can. So, hey, by the way, um, Chris, if you want to comment on this, uh, Chris uh, said, anybody see the letter from Vince to Heyman? And we're back. Uh, and like I was saying, I, I feel like uh, Drew, where Roman was the hot hand back then. It was, it was the, the hot thing. He had just turned heel. And it was really, really exciting uh, that he had turned heel. And we were finally getting this. And the storyline with Jay was really good. So that made sense to make that the main event just because people were so hyped for that. While that's still the case, and I'm still hyped for it, it's still very much not in doubt that Roman is going to win. So I don't know that you go there for the main event. I feel like the main event could be either of the other two matches, and it doesn't feel, like, underwhelming. I don't know, because we got, we got the great angle last time. I, I, I still yeah. think of the show. Just oh, I mean, it can, but I'm just saying I, don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't simply because the ending is not in doubt. You know, would you stick, I guess, Orton and, uh, and McIntyre? Probably, that? yeah, probably. I mean, but you could also put the women there. I mean, I'm, you know. You can, but I think that would have to be if, if Sasha is winning. I think it has to has to go up the end. You need, I guess, I guess she's a face. I mean, you say that, but the, again, they don't have to, Dave. You say they have to. We, we've established they don't have to do anything. They'll do dumb things all the time. No, no. Uh, a couple of comments, by the way, before we run out of time here. Uh, Chris, yes. Anybody see the letter from Vince to Heyman on talking smack after SmackDown? I no. See, but, um, Let me but Google that real quick. Hang on. Google that real quick. So uh, the, letter, the letter from, from who to Vince? Uh, from Vince to Heyman. Paul Heyman. Vince to Heyman. Yeah. All right. Talking smack. So you look that up. Uh, as you're looking it up, uh, Benjamin said Shorty G is no more. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so Chad Gable is back. By the way, yes, you're... thank you for that. Right. So uh, that was I great. was I was thrilled with that. Uh, okay, I've got this here. 
Uh, Paul Heyman showed up on Talking Smack and uh, had something to say. I'm reading this from ringsidenews.com. Uh, the special counsel to the tribal chief appeared, blah, blah, blah. Heyman held up a note to the camera for a brief moment, and in the, the screen was paused at the right time. A message from McMahon was visible through the paper. All we needed to do was flip the image to read what was written. It says, identify each consequence if Roman loses per Vince was written on the paper. It's unclear what was typed out above the handwritten note because it was smaller text, but the per Vince was pretty clear. Uh, Paul Heyman hit those points. He named every consequence. It seems he did a good enough job. So that really all that's saying there to me is, I mean, that's it's a slip up because they're, you know, letting you peek behind the curtain uh, yeah. on the note. But that being said, it's also not such an egregious thing that I'm worried about it too much. If anything, it makes me happy because it means that they have enough faith in Heyman to just give him the talking points and let him do it. He doesn't yeah. have to script the promo. It's like, this is what Vince wants you to do. The end. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they used to do all the time. That's what Shawn Michaels has talked about that. He's talked about how they used to go out there. You'd have bullet points for what you needed to say or like what you needed to get across, but you had to say it. You know, yeah. and that's what they used to do all the time before they started micromanaging these promos. Yeah, because it would help their, their personalities in some ways. These guys have personalities. They can get this out there, but obviously they want to control everything. So maybe somebody doesn't get too over doing something or, uh, you know, or, or get stuck in a rut. And right. You got to pull out your notes like Shawn Michaels had to at one time or another. Hmm. All that. So uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, what's all right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he I, I, I don't I. I I, I, the moment he showed up, I pretty much could clearly tell you that Vince McMahon didn't know what to do with him. And yeah, I'm, I'm still of that mind. He, Vince McMahon doesn't know what to do with him. Should, should have been a match that uh, took place on, on in Hell in the Cell and, and not on Raw. I, I guess, I guess uh, Braun's the heel now. Well, especially not a short win for Braun. Yeah, like, yet Braun. again, we're giving away another Dabakato. This is, not, you know, we build a Dabakato all this time just to have him get squashed by Braun. And while Keith didn't necessarily get squashed, he didn't look great. No, you know, he didn't. No, well, part of him got squashed. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he, he didn't look great. It was just dumb. Uh, it, what a it's, Raw was terrible. I was just, <laughs> just going to say that. I mean, retribution thing was dumb, and the uh, the other part was dumb. I think you froze again, or that, or you're standing really still. No, I think you froze again. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up since we got to two minutes to go. Uh, which, by the way, of course, uh, ESPR uh, Wrestling Podcast. You can find us. On the website, 1069thefox.com. Right under the media tab, you just click ESPR. That's how you find us. It's the easiest way. You can also find us in all your major podcasting apps. Just search for ESPR Wrestling. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating and a review, and we appreciate that when you guys do. It helps us. And you can email us all the time. Don't forget, ESPR at FM99.com. Yes, yeah, so by the way, I got a little box. So I know in a couple of shows, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the inbox. kind of hard to do on a night like tonight. But, yes, but when we have 30 come. seconds left. You can come, yes. Yes. Uh, again, email us, please. And again, facebook.com slash ESPR99 and on Twitter at ESPR99. And uh, until next time, when we'll be reviewing uh, the partner, we'll be reviewing the, the Hell in a Cell show and maybe Halloween Havoc. I don't know. Let's see how it works out this week. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Uh, Dave, we had other people. We got to go. Our time is up. They're, showing, they're giving us the sign. They're pulling.